Good evening, everyone. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn 121. How blessed are they whose hearts are pure. From guile their thoughts are free. To them shall God reveal himself. They shall his glory see. Hymn 121. If you'd like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and on the home page, you'll see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and then look for the place that says, click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. You click there, and you will find the readings for tonight. And the theme is, let God's laws govern you. And the readings will now be given by Florence from Georgia. From the Bible, Psalms. 
Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Leviticus. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear thy God. I am the Lord. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meat yard, in weight, or in measure. Therefore, shall ye observe all my statutes and all my judgments and do them. I am the Lord. Matthew. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle 
shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Romans. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Psalms. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. How would you define Christian science? As the law of God, the law of good, interpreting and demonstrating the divine principle and rule of universal harmony. If God had instituted material laws to govern man, disobedience to which would have made man ill, Jesus would not have disregarded those laws by healing in direct opposition to them and in defiance of all material conditions. Our great ensemble, Jesus of Nazareth, met and abolished this unrelenting false claim of matter with the righteous corn and power of spirit. When through mind he restored sight to the blind, he figuratively and literally spat upon matter and anointing the wounded spirit with the great truth that God is all, he demonstrated the healing power and supremacy of the law of life and love. In the spiritual genesis of creation, all law was vested in the lawgiver, who was a law to himself. In divine science, God is one and all, and governing himself, he governs the universe. This is the law of creation. My defense is of God, which savored the upright in heart. And that infinite mind governs all things. On this infinite principle of freedom, God named himself I am. Error or Adam might give names to itself and call mind by the name of matter, but error could neither name nor demonstrate spirit. The name I am 
indicated no personality that could be paralleled with it. But it did declare a mighty individuality, even the everlasting Father, as infinite consciousness, ever-presence, omnipotence, as all law, life, truth, and love. The first commandment of the Hebrew Decalogue, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and the golden rule are the all-in-all all of Christian science. They are the spiritual idealism and realism, which when realized, constitute a Christian scientist, heal the sick, reform the sinner, and rob the grave of its victory. The spiritual understanding which demonstrates Christian science enables the devout scientist to worship not an unknown God, but him whom understanding even in part, he continues to love more and to serve better. You must feel and know that God alone governs man, that his government is harmonious, that he is too pure to behold iniquity and divides his power with nothing evil or material, that material laws are only human beliefs which govern mortals wrongfully. These beliefs arise from the subjective states of thought producing the beliefs of a mortal material universe, so-called, and of material disease and mortality. Mortal ills are but errors of thought, diseases of mortal mind and not of matter. For matter cannot feel, see, or report pain or disease. Diseases a thing of thought manifested on the body. And fear is the procurator of the thought which causes sickness and suffering. Remove this fear by the true sense that God is love and that love punishes nothing but sin. And the patient then look up to the loving God and know that he afflicted not willingly the children of men who are punished because of disobedience to his spiritual law. His law of truth, when obeyed, removes every erroneous physical and mental state. The belief that matter can master mind and make you ill is an error which truth will destroy. You must learn to acknowledge God in all his ways. It is only a lack of of understanding of the allness of God, which leads you to believe in the existence of matter, or that matter can frame its own conditions contrary to the law of spirit. Sickness is the schoolmaster, leading you to Christ, first to faith in Christ, next to believe in God as omnipotent, and finally, to the understanding of God and man in Christian science, whereby you learn that God is good, and in science man is his likeness, the forever reflection of goodness. Therefore, good is one and all. When the lawgiver was the only law of creation, freedom reigned and was the heritage of man, but this freedom 
was the moral power of good, not of evil. It was divine science in which God is supreme and the only law of being. In this eternal harmony of science, man has not fallen. He is governed in the same rhythm that the scripture describes when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Love fulfills the law of Christian science and nothing short of this divine principle understood and demonstrated can ever furnish the vision of the apocalypse. Open the seven seals of error with truth or uncover the myriad illusions of sin, sickness, and death. Under the supremacy of spirit, it will be seen and acknowledged and that matter must disappear. God has endowed man with inalienable rights, among which are self-government, reason, and conscience. Man is properly self-governed only when he is guided rightly and governed by his maker, divine truth and love. Whatever enslaves man is opposed to the divine government. Truth makes man free. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever Carol, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 402. How gentle God's commands, how kind his precepts are. Come, cast your burden on the Lord and trust his constant care. Hymn number 402.
Good evening and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our Wednesday testimony meeting. Today's date is Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Welcome one and all. We have quite a wonderful outreach from our church. It's primarily through our various websites, many of which are in other languages. And as a result, uh, God's word is spread across the globe. And indeed, people from all over the world have found our church. And we're very thankful for each and every one of you who have done so. And speaking about our outreach, I'd also like to put in a word about our YouTube channel. We have so many videos available. You know, there's readings of articles, of our lessons, of our church services, our roundtable, and music, and I could go on and on about other things that are available on our YouTube channel. It's all free of charge, and uh, I would highly recommend everybody to browse through our websites as well as our YouTube channel. I'd like to point out a couple of items we're now featuring on the home page of our English website, one of them being the most recent issue of Forum Highlights, and there's another article we're featuring. It's entitled Character by Mary Baker Eddy, which is something from one of the talks that she gave long ago in Chickering Hall. But it is an absolutely spectacular article. What in the world can be more important than the reformation of character? Read this article. Mrs. Eddy goes at quite lengths about how important it is and what it's all about. Highly recommended. Uh, join us here every Sunday. We start Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. And we follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock. We also have a Sunday school for children, which meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. Our Sunday school has a teleconference number of its own one dedicated exclusively for the Sunday School. And indeed, many of the students attend our Sunday School by telephone through our teleconference. Your child as well is most welcome and can attend our Sunday School. And if you don't live in the area, like I said, we have a telephone number that's available. So please call up the church. We'll give you the number for the Sunday School, and we would love to welcome your child there. And before we go on, there's one more announcement. Thursday of next week, I'm talking about September 23rd, we're going to have a meeting of the members. It's going to start at 8 p.m. sharp. And for those of you who have joined us in membership, if you can't attend in person here at the church, uh, get on the te teleconference and... Uh, at 8 o'clock and join us that way. In other words, the membership meeting will be going out by teleconference as well. Okay, now I will read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul, 
Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for those of you who give a testimony this evening, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everyone else the chance to share their offering tonight. And for those who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. But we also ask that you be in a quiet place when you do so, because otherwise we're going to be hearing some extra noises here, which we don't want to do. And I will call on each of you one at a time by name. And then our meeting tonight is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian science. <clears throat> Jeremy. I am very grateful that God brought me to this church and for all I am learning here. A few weeks ago, I gave a testimony about how I left faucet running, which caused quite a bit of damage to my landlord's property. Because of this, I felt that I couldn't trust myself and that really threw me off for a few weeks. I wondered how I would continue to do the work I've been doing here after that. And I prayed a lot about what I needed to do to move forward. Last Friday, after many discussions these past weeks with my practitioner about this, she told me I needed to get my joy back. When I got off the phone, I remembered page 171 of Miscellany, where Mary Baker Eddy said, trust in, quote, trust in truth and have no other trust, end quote. I realized the fact that I don't trust myself anymore is the best thing that could have happened. My trust is to be in God alone, not in me. And this revelation gave me an instant uplift, which has worked to bring my joy back. And while I'm definitely still quite sorry about what happened, at least I feel now that the lesson I need to learn is clear and I can move forward with it. I'm very grateful for Christian science, for how this teaching can be applied practically in my life. I'm grateful for practitioner support, grateful to have my joy back, and grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Sherry, California. Sherry from California, go ahead. Thank you. The theme of the readings was let God's laws govern you. What did it feel like to let and to know God's laws are governing me? A testifier last week brought out the importance of feeling this truth, not just thinking it. Hearing recently of planes lifting people up and out of what appears to be a land of lawlessness reminded me of something my husband shared about the experience he felt when leaving Vietnam after two years serving in the military. He said, when the plane lifted off the ground, there was tremendous shouts of joy and applause. 
But it was when this plane landed, touched down in America, that there was felt an overwhelming sense of relief and gratitude. He said it was tremendous. They felt safe under the laws governing their homeland. A practitioner here has encouraged me to lift thought higher, go higher in the Christ mind. And as symbolic with the planes lifting off and landing, my prayer has been to lift up off a lawless way of thinking, go higher, and to let God carry me safely to my true homeland, to where I have always been, the kingdom of heaven within me, with God's laws. I have had wonderful views of this kingdom within throughout a seemingly long journey of challenges, for which I am so grateful. My husband's flight out of Vietnam was long, but he knew the wheels were up. He was not going back, and that he felt home within him. Well, how symbolic is that? We feel home the laws of God within. Thank you. Thank you. Gary. I want to express my gratitude tonight for God leading me to this church many years ago. Um, It really was the answer to prayer. I had been searching for the right practice of Christian science. I loved the science, knew that there was something very special and right about it. And, uh, and I can honestly say that after finding this church, whenever I have you know, honestly turned to God for help, God has healed and helped whatever the need was. I was reminded recently, I was remembering um, an experience I had uh, actually now a few years ago. Um, One day I woke up with a severe um, pain in my hip and I was limping and very, very soon I was limping so badly and it was so painful I could hardly walk. Well, I was grateful to be able to call a Christian science practitioner from this church. And when I did, I was met with the greatest love and conviction that God would heal this. I remember feeling the love of God coming through this practitioner. One of the things I was told was to study hymn number 139, which begins... I walk with love along the way. Well, that was the love that I was feeling. I was also told that when error pushes itself at me to push back. And I needed to hear that because I was being a little too soft on error at the time and I needed to push back. Well, I spent the day studying kind of reacquainting myself with God 
and it was a beautiful day. I could feel God's presence. And as I felt that presence stronger and stronger, I could feel my peace return. By the end of the day, I was completely healed. I could walk without pain, without limping, freely. And that problem never returned. And that was years ago. Christian science healings are complete and permanent. So I'm so grateful for the help that I received, for what I'm learning about God, and for Mary Baker Eddy for discovering and founding this science that is, that is the ultimate science, as Albert Einstein once described it. I'm so grateful to be here with you all tonight. Thank you. Nancy from New Jersey, go ahead. Good evening. Uh, thank you for the very beautiful readings and music tonight. I wanted to express my gratitude for the watches that are done in this church and to give thanks to God for the un unexpected ways that we see or hear of the blessings that these watches bring. Our unity watch for September the 2nd was for all of the children returning to school. Part of this watch stated, quote, the all-encompassing love of God good fills all space. Therefore, there is no place for discouragement, depression, fear, doubt, division, or isolation. Since mind controls all, each child's needs are and will be met. Tonight, I'd like to share a story that I was recently told, which I feel ties together beautifully with that watch and the readings tonight from Matthew, quote, to love our neighbors as ourselves, and also from Matthew, therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. A, member, a family member who's a guidance counselor for fifth and sixth graders in the middle school told me of a beautiful example of the golden rule being carried out in her school. Now, the counselor was entering the lunchroom to check on a new student from Morocco who only spoke Arabic. And when she located the new student, to her surprise, she saw that there was another little girl looking at this new student and the new student was sitting all alone with her back against the wall. She watched and saw that this little girl who was watching the new student stood up and talked to her friends for a moment at their lunch table and then motioned for them all to follow her as she approached the new student. Now, within a short time, they took this new little girl over to join them at their lunch table where many smiles and laughter took place. The counselor also watched as the student and a friend walked the new girl to her next class so that she would not get lost and even saw them helping her with her computer. Later in the day, when the counselor sought out the helpful student to thank her for her kindness, the little girl replied that it had made her and all her friends so happy that they could make a new girl feel so welcome. And she was also happy because this new little girl, who could only say a few words in English, had pointed to her and said to her, 
you and me as she held out her hand to her. And the helpful little girl replied, friends? And they both smiled and nodded yes. Such a sweet and simple example of brotherly love in action, of love overcoming language barriers, and the fulfilling of a statement which was in that watch that said, children of God, you cannot be denied any manifestation of good. I'm so grateful for this proof of God's great love and care, and I'm so grateful for Christian science, for my practitioner and this church, and to be here to share this sweet story with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Patricia from Canada, go ahead. Diary, April 1977. Our advertising studio experienced a slump, which lasted four months. Tension grew with no work to do. Views of other companies in our field running dry and laying off staff increased the fear. Money collectors hounded the company. In Science and Health, Mary Baker Eddy tells us that soul has infinite resources with which to bless mankind. My employer confided that he was going to let the other workers go and just retain me, saying that he was so fatigued with trials that he would retire in one more year. He sent me home for the day, explaining that he had phoned all of our clients and even all of his prospects, but they were all so dry that he and a majority of other owners were going to go to Florida to soothe their dry spell depression by getting wet, having a drinking orgy to drown their sorrows. They boasted that their wives were purposely not invited so that they could play around. Until the managers returned in several weeks, no work would be given us. At home, I studied and prayed with a vehemence that had been lacking before. I saw that God is the manager and that I was about my father's business, which is not subject to an ever-changing economic climate. There are no feasts, nor famine fluctuations in the divine mind's wise government. There is a free flow, abundance, but no dearth. I thought... The only attraction is to his holiness, to the one holy spirit, with no attraction to materialist, alcoholic spirits, spirits many. Truth never blurs vision. Principle is cause and never tempts anyone to be unfaithful. First, a trickle of work came in. The next day, a steady stream the following day, we were back to normal, and the day after that we heard the news that all the other companies were very busy too, even without their manager's return. When my boss came back, he showed me his amazing tan and exclaimed, you don't get a tan like this sitting in a bar. Sure, we had the odd drink, but the guys had such a blast golfing. We didn't have that wild, girly time that we planned on. Just good old-fashioned guy time. 
They had so much fun, they stopped worrying about their business. He found the business was so good that he no longer intended to retire. I used to think of the word office as a place of business, but now I've learned to think of it as the office of the Christ, which we all share. And that thought really helps me to denounce any personal sense of authority. I'm so very grateful for the teachings of the Bible and Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy and for the vivacious, selfless sharing and practice of this science by the Plainfield Christian Science Church, Independent. Thank you. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings tonight and the beautiful music. I want to express my gratitude for a healing I had of sore gums. After a couple of days of working on it myself, I asked my Plainfield practitioner for prayerful help. I was given to hold in thought the ninth and tenth line from the 91st Psalm, quote, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. End quote. End quote. And from the Bible lesson that week, I was also given a line from Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy that said, quote, Disease is not an intelligence to dispute the empire of mind or to dethrone mind and take the government into its own hands. End quote. The problem was clear the next day. Weeks later, I bit my mouth really hard on the inside and it was quite sore. It was so very hard to read. But remembering that how quickly the other situation cleared up and was healed, I felt uplifted and encouraged. And through Christian Science Prayer, two days later this problem cleared up. Um, although it, uh, once I had started praying for myself, the pain greatly lessened and got lessened each day, and then the problem was completely vanished. I'm very grateful for all the healings that I have had over the years here. Some have been quick and some have taken a long time. These have taught me patience, diligence, and the need of consistency in living the biblical precepts of Christian science. But each time a lesson is learned in connection with our universal God who cares for all his creation is grow stronger. I'm very grateful for our God, Christ Jesus, my practitioner, this church, and Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is Bruce. I'd like to uh, share my thanks tonight as well. I know I mentioned earlier this article entitled Character by Mary Baker Eddy. I got to admit, I read it many times, and it was just fascinating. Um, in this article, Mrs. Eddy refers to a passage from Hebrews where it talks about the Christ sending his word, and it does some shaking so that the things that are shaken are removed, and the things that cannot be shaken remain. <clears throat> And it reminded me of a time some time ago when uh, I was just new in the church and there was 
just a lot of things going on, and I, in my misguided judgment, I just felt like a lot of terrible things were going on. And a practitioner who was here at the time looked at me and said, well, why are you letting all these things disturb you? Don't you know that your name is written in heaven and that good things are going on? And it was like a breath of fresh air. And she looked at me and smiled, and I felt the presence of God again. But I remember this experience because, you know, things were being shaken up, and there were some things that needed to be removed. And in the removal, I didn't have to feel like I needed to get defensive about any of this. Because after all, it's all the action of the Christ making uh, correcting uh, things and reforming character, which is hugely important. And uh, that taught me a big lesson, that when something that needs to be removed is being removed, let it happen. Because there's something else that most certainly will not be removed, and that is the reign and rule of Almighty God. That's the thing that remains. It can never be shaken. So I'm very thankful for all of this, and thankful for this church. <clears throat> Benjamin. I'm just so happy to be here tonight. Um, I just want to say, um, you know, it's very common um, during crisis, which um, all of us uh, have experienced in, in recent time, in almost every corner of the globe have um, experienced uh, uh, some form of um, um, you know, misplacement, uh, you know, losing job, getting locked down at home. Uh, somebody uh, somewhere uh, has felt some kind of, you know, distress, crisis, you know, and they call it pandemic. Uh, during this time, it's always easy to forget about God. We fall into the temptation of uh, you know, somebody asking, what if, because today I was listening on the radio, people were, you know, asking this question about if there is God, why is this things happening? And these are the, you know, temptation that falls before us. And if you're not careful, you can fall into this um, common, you know, temptation on forgetting that God is watching over us and caring for us, even in times of crisis. And recently in New Jersey, we uh, experienced uh, another form of crisis, a, a flood. And it, it, it was a, a quite an interesting time to try our faith in God. I, I myself in particular, um, I, I happened to um, find myself in this situation where um, uh, um, I could easily forget that God is caring for me, that God loved me and God loved my family. And uh, if I didn't know better, I would have fall to this situation very easily. But I did not. Um, I, I've been thanking God since, um, since the, the flood came uh, because I knew very well that He always loved me, He always take care of me. I have no doubt about that. Uh, um, like I said, during the flood, my house um, 
it was one of the homes in New Jersey that was flooded. Um, my basement was completely uh, filled up with um, dirty water from outside because it came into the back door. But something very remarkable happened um, at the same time as well. Uh, you know that justify my faith in God. Um, even though my basement was flooded, um, completely flooded, and uh, the flood almost stopped at the time it was about to creep in through my fr front door. I was actually on the phone with my practitioner who happens to be my landlord as well. <laughs> and as we were talking on the phone, we were you know, jokingly talking about it. And I just I told her that the water has already started coming through the front door. And, uh, and that was it. When I, after we talked about, uh, about it on the phone, and uh, she promised to continue to work on it, and I uh, continued to pray, but the water didn't go further than that. And that was it, when the flood actually stopped. It didn't go, not an inch further than that. It stopped. I put a towel, but the towel that I put, they even get soaked with water. So that was a good example that God has always been working. And um, another example as well was uh, um, the electrical, uh, I don't know what it's called, but the uh, the center of uh, the electrical unit uh, uh, box of my house was in the basement, and it was covered with water to, uh, for that couple of hours. We never lost electricity. My kids didn't even know there was anything happening at all. They were fast asleep, as they always be. When they woke up in the morning, they didn't know anything happened. So it, it was. You know, you can call that a miracle, really, that we didn't lose uh, electricity during that time. With what eyes can see, it was it could easily possible to knock out our electricity for a very long time. But that didn't happen. Yes, we had some few damages in the basement, like our washer and the furnace and heater. But those things we were taking care of within a couple of days, which I'm very, very grateful and we had a very good person, a good technician who came in and he seems to know almost what to do. And he fixed almost everything that needed to be fixed. And uh, another loving kindness of God also came from members of this church who came in, I didn't even invite them, but they heard the news somehow, somewhere. And they came in and uh, they get to work. And uh, they helped me get rid of uh, what needed to be get rid of within a short amount of time, which I'm very, very grateful. So those are things that encourages us. If you are in any doubt, especially this time, uh, this time around, if, you, if you're in any doubt at all about God's, God's care for you, for your loved ones, I mean, you shouldn't think twice about it. God is always there caring for us. No matter what the picture is, no matter what the news are, God is always there. And He will always be. Nothing can change that. I'm very grateful to be here tonight and to be able to share this with everybody. I'm very happy for what God is doing in my life. Thank you. Thank you.
Shardell. Tonight, I would like to offer my gratitude to my practitioner for a healing I had of a nasty pain. This happened a few weeks ago. I had thinking about myself, thinking about the concept and the understanding of humility for my own growth for some time. And not long ago, I read that practitioners understand this concept because they know that God, being all, they get themselves out of the way and acknowledge only Him, the all-present power and love. I wasn't very successful in handling this claim by myself, so contacted my practitioner by texting, asking for prayerful support. I got right to work with things I wanted to do for church and continued to pray also. The pain diminished during the day, and by afternoon I was completely free. I am also grateful for Christian science and what I am learning here at the Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church to become a better disciple and follower of Christ Jesus. And good evening to all. Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead. Thank you. I just would like to express my gratitude for the Bible and science and health, Christian science, the way it's taught here. In, it says that Christian science is the law of God, the law of good, interpreting and demonstrating the divine principle and rule of universal harmony. And from the Bible, those two uh, citations from Leviticus, which talks about thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart, thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. I must say years ago, it wasn't easy for me to forgive. It was very difficult. But it just shows you that we, if we allow the laws of God to govern us. We should for some time to time ask ourselves, am I allowing the laws of God to govern me? Then we will know that the Bible is telling us to forgive. We do have uh, rebuke, yes, we do. But we do not suffer sin upon anyone. I went for years just holding someone in error, attaching the lie to them. And it took me a long time, too, to ask God to let me unsee the ill that I'm imputing to this person. And after a long time, making sure that I am obeying and looking at myself, seeing how much I have been forgiven and why I should then forgive also. That is what brought the healing. God softened my heart. I saw clearly what man is, the connection with God and God alone. God reflecting himself in everyone, everywhere. And really to have a peace of mind. You cannot have any peace of mind when you're hating or holding someone in error. So I just wanted to share that. I'm so grateful, very, very grateful for what the Bible and science and health both teach us. 
grateful for all the testimonies and happy to be here tonight. Thank you. Mary. I have a few things from our church website bulletin board. The first Australia. Sharing. May these words become the song of my soul. Quote, Human theories are helpless to make man harmonious or immortal, since he is so already. Our only need is to know this and reduce to practice the real man's divine principle, love. It's from Signs and Health, page 490. In Illinois, thank you for today's Bible study. It was a wonderful time to commune together with God, a supportive time to be still and know that I am God, from Psalms. And then California. Yes, today's study was wonderful. I like the history given by a few of the participants. Thank you. And Virginia. Wow, what a wonderful Bible study, September 11th, based on the book of Ephesians, of the allness of God, spirit, and how Christ Jesus reconciled man to God. Matthew Henry's Bible commentary said, quote, There is an enmity between God and sinners, whether Jews and Gentiles, and Christ came to slay that enmity and to reconcile them both to God. End quote. There was much, much research done and many inspired contributions. Gratitude to all. Sunday's roundtable offered many examples of how we are in control and have dominion when we see correctly in spirit, acknowledging not things but ideas. And this week's lesson on matter is a powerhouse of direction where to place our trust and the results of doing so. It is so wonderful that there is an unending supply of inspiration and practical instruction to be found in Plainfield. And then a couple of written notes. First, California. You are the light showing me my way home. Thank you. And Vermont, dear Plainfield Christian Science Church, thank you for all that you do to preserve and promote Mary Baker Eddy's pure Christian science. I truly don't know what I'd do without you. God bless this beautiful church with much love. And then this is a, a beautiful email sent by our dear translator in Pakistan who translates many things for us, he and his friends, with, um, into languages in the Middle East. Um, he's writing to Jeremy and the entire, well, he says church board members, but I'm sure it's all of us. He says, I'm really grateful to you all for the continuous prayers for my mother's health, health during these hard times. He had written us about his, his mother was having a difficult illness. It's your prayers and your sharing that brought success to my mother's surgery. The surgery went successfully, and by God's grace, my mother is well now. I am always in prayers for the kindness and support that I get from the church and all of its members, specifically Jerry, Jeremy Palmer. He's the one that he that this fellow deals with for the most part. I cannot forget the day I met on the internet with Jeremy regarding translations. 
What a blessed day it was, and I am lucky that the church is so wonderful in the services, and it never abandoned me in any situation since I joined it. Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent is my faith. I believe and give my testimony that since I am attached to the church, I am no more what I was. I was not a good Samaritan, but now I am, and still trying to be, through the teachings I translate and record. I was not a good son of my Heavenly Father, but now I am the prodigal one. Only because the weekly lessons inspired my spirit within me and asked me to go back to my Father to get fed and dressed. I was not a fertile land, but now I am, since the seed of the Holy Word is sown through the Christian Science Church on me, and I will bring a hundred percent hundred percent fruits of it. I am glad to be a tiny part of this huge tree, and I will try to never cut myself off from it, because the words of eternal life can only be found here in this Christian Science Church. Thank you very much once again. He sends some beautiful pictures. It's very touching to have someone like him who is learning to practice the science in the Middle East. And he's learning it through reading and translating the wonderful works of Mrs. Eddy and the early workers. And then this is a, a testimony, and also I'm going to read the article she refers to. It's a little long, but I, it's important, I feel. It's from California. This started out in wanting to share what the key flower story meant to me, and then it ended in gratitude. So she writes, I am presently reading two different volumes of We New Mary Baker Eddy series to myself and two different friends. There are so many lessons given by Mrs. Eddy to her students, and I am so grateful to have them read and enjoy and learn from. A recent story from Bliss Knapp was about the key flower, where Mrs. Eddy is likened to the key flower, and we are admonished to be sure not to allow Mrs. Eddy to be separated in our thought from her teachings. While appreciating the importance of this, I couldn't help associating the story from the recent lesson on substance and Carpenter's Watch 192, also on substance when we are reminded to make sure not to separate effect from cause, because that basically leaves us godless. We must remember the key flower, our Father, Mother, God, the source and cause of all good. Just as money is good to have, it is not consistently present to meet our needs. If we fail to recognize that it is only a symbol of God's great provision, which is always present, to meet our needs. For the past couple of weeks, I've been dealing with the issue of overextending myself and doing good for other people. The issue has come up to be addressed at different times since I've been attending Plainfield services, and the Plainfield practitioner has seen this and addressed the issue with me, speaking of the importance of not giving away my oil, as was asked of the five virgins waiting for the bridegroom 
I had heard her but not really understood because I always felt that the good I did for others was always God-directed. So when I find my, found myself sick and in bed over the past two weeks, I came to realize that I had really given my oil, that which fuels my activities, from God, and I was forced to take a time out. I had actually come to love those times out because, because when they occurred, it was the only time that I could cease all activity and unreservedly turn to God, luxuriating and reading my Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and other writings by Mary Baker Eddy. At, but at the end of the timeout, I was healed, rejuvenated, and able to return to my daily work and take on more work. However, this time it was not the case. This time, and I thank God for all the things I'm finally learning about this through my practitioner and the spiritual growth that is taking place in me, I can see that I must not forget the key flower or allow myself to be separated from it because I can't do the good that I would and run the race that is set before me if I'm not recognizing that the source of health, energy, love, and allowing it to come through me. I have come to the understanding that I have to stop meeting people's needs and know that it is God, divine love, who meets all needs. I am grateful that I am ready to start seeing this and so grateful to be here at Plainfield in the atmosphere of divine love where I have received spiritual guidance that is loving, patient, and steadfast. I'm going to read this article called The Key Flower Story because it's, it's very important. It was given in the March 29th roundtable. Some of you might remember it, but anyway, it's from the Bliss Nap book, Impressions of Our Leader, We Knew Mary Baker Eddy, Volume 1 by Bliss Nap. I began to recall a story which I used to read in school. It was the story of the key flower by Bayard Taylor, which is in the Swinton's fourth reader. I was so impressed by this story that I finally wrote a summary of it to Mrs. Eddy and drew from it a certain analogy to her. I'm sure you will be glad to hear this story and her response to it. Briefly, the story is as follows. One summer's day, a shepherd was tending his sheep when he discovered an unusual flower. As he picked it up for closer examination, he noticed a door in the side of the mountain. It was strange that he had never noticed it before, but there it was, and it was open. Cautiously passing along a corridor, he entered a large room filled with chests of gold and diamonds. Then he saw seated in a chair an old dwarf with a long beard. The dwarf greeted him kindly and said, Take what you want, and don't forget the best. Placing the flower on the table, the shepherd proceeded to fill his pockets and hat with the gold and diamonds. Occasionally, the old dwarf would remind him not to forget the best. When the shepherd could carry no more, he turned to leave. On reaching the door, he heard the voice for the last time crying out, Don't forget the best. The next minute, the shepherd was out in the pasture. As he looked around, the door had vanished. His pockets and hat had grown light all at once, and instead of gold and diamonds, he found nothing but dry leaves and pebbles. He was as poor as ever, 
because he had forgotten the best. The flower which he had left on the table in the dwarf's room was the key flower, and he kept and had he kept it, the golden diamonds would have stayed so. But the door of the treasure room would have been open to him whenever he might wish to enter. I told Mrs. Eddy that she is our key flower. She has unlocked the treasures of heaven, and no one knows anything of Christian science except as it has come through her. If we wish those heavenly treasures to remain real and demonstrable, we must never permit our leader to be separated in our thought from her teachings. Her letter in response, in part, is as follows. Quote, Your story and its semblance are sweeter than birds and blossoms that I long for. And to think that you love God and love me by way of remembrance and fidelity fills my lone heart, feeds my hungry sense of nothing, with home and heaven. I wish I could do more for you, but that is selfish, for it would give me much pleasure. Let me wish only that my prayers for you are righteous. Then I know the result will rest in sweet hope of your prosperity, growth, and grace, and the knowledge of infinite love, which where no arrow wounds the dove where are no partings, no pain." Quote. Today, people are greatly troubled over world conditions. We are taught in Christian science that such conflicting forces indicate the breaking up of mortal minds' long-cherished beliefs, and we can rejoice at the overturning of error. But Jesus said of such conditions in Matthew 24, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This is a warning not to forget the best. Let us watch and pray that we be not made to forget, nor to neglect our leader, our key flower, who has unlocked for us the treasures of heaven. As St. John has said in Revelation 3, Hold fast that which, has, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I thought that was an important message for tonight. I have many other things to read, which we'll have to save for another time. But I am so grateful to be here tonight. The most beautiful readings on law, that safe, secure feeling, the law of science, the rules and principles of the universe. Beautiful testimonies and the beautiful music. So grateful to be with you tonight. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 133. I cannot always trace the way where thou, almighty one, dost move, but I can always, always say that God is love, that God is love. Hymn number 133.